I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Helen Holliman, editor-in-chief of Munchies, and welcome back to the fourth episode in our LA series of Munchies, the podcast. Today, we're falling straight into the center of a demented wino K-hole with chef Chris Yembamroom of award-winning Thai restaurants, Night Market, and Night Market Song. Young people are smashing through the stuffy veneer of old-school wine drinking culture and consuming more grapes than ever. Last year, millennials drained 42% of all wine in the U.S., and it wasn't at keg parties. According to a report by the Wine Market Council, 79 million Americans ages 21 to 38 drank 159.6 million cases of wine in 2015 alone, an average of two cases per person. Wine has become less about drinking it on some yacht in a smoking jacket with the likes of Robin Leach and become more accessible. But unlike other straightforward booze such as beer, you've still got to know a thing or two about the grapes. Chris sure does, but he has a uniquely bizarre approach to pairings at his restaurants, where he admittedly pours bottles completely inappropriate for his assertively spicy food. I headed over to Night Market Song in Silver Lake to see how this really works in action. Chris has just returned from a week-long French wine festival full of winemaking booze hounds. He's jet-lagged and he's hungover, and there's only one way to help him recover. Over glasses of chilled rosé from the Moss family, who are some hipster winemakers from France, I get his thoughts on why he wants people to come into his restaurants, drink his wine, and then leave without ever eating his food. I also get his thoughts on how a new generation of young winemakers is changing up that cultural bullshit that comes with wine drinking. Okay, so, you know, <laughs> L.A. has yeah. some really great wine stores, but, yeah. you know, there's obviously Lou, there's yeah. Domain. Um, you have, I think, one of the greatest natural wine menus in this city, but you're serving Thai food, and, yeah. you know, it's definitely, right off the bat, people are usually surprised, probably, yeah. a little bit. And Jonathan Gold has even mentioned, like, the bubbly stuff, the more aggressive your spicy the food kind mm-hmm. of ends up working together. I mean, yeah. what is your philosophy on that? Um, you know, if I had one, I, I would I would say it's a, a pretty casual and always changing and very loose philosophy. Um, if you think about it's yeah, it's true, you know, the main thing is, you know, there's no wine making or drinking tradition in Thailand. Um and, uh, you know, if you're to think of Thai food and especially the sort of food we do, sort of more assertively spiced, you know, kind of salads and this and that, um, the thing that immediately comes to mind is cold beer, super cold, super watery beer, uh, and maybe whiskey, you know? Um, so, uh, you know, even though there's no tradition, if you think about it along those lines, like why do people want to drink super cold kind of watery beer with the food? I think mostly because it's simple and it's refreshing 
and it's just a good sort of spritzy beverage. Um, if if we could find wine that mimics those things, I think, then why not drink wine too? You know what I mean? Um, I think immediately, like, when people hear wine... Give me a second. Let me talk to quiet down. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, so... Anyway, so like I was saying, um, there, there hasn't been any uh, historical tradition of, of wine production or consumption in Thailand. Um, but I don't know. I, I f- sort of feel like, why not? You know, um, I don't know. At some point, you know, whiskey and scotch and all that stuff came over. You know, it was not invented in Thailand, but it became a very big part of Thai drinking culture. You know, I don't know when that happened, but... Uh, I sort of want to do the same thing with wine. Um, not because I'm on a huge mission or anything like that, but I just think it's fun. I think it's, uh, I think it's really tasty, and, um, and I think it's a really good time. So I think immediately, and again, this didn't really happen on, in any like, conscious way. It just sort of happened over the course of a few years. But I think I sort of gravitated towards these wines, which uh, on the sparkling side were just, you know, kind of simple, like um, chuggable, pretty direct, um, just tasty wines. And uh, even even with the still wines, you know, just sort of nothing overly sort of complex, not really wine to sit and like ponder by a fireplace, but wine literally to... uh, to open and chug down in 10 minutes, you know? Uh, and again, not, you know, not to like, not because it's cool to be an alcoholic or something, but (laughs) because it's, because the wine is, is so conducive to that, you know, it's wine that's usually like lower in alcohol. It's, it's fresh. More young people than ever are drinking a lot of really good wine. I think, like, you know, wine is changing a lot where it's more affordable, there's more natural wine, there's accessibility, right? And there's people like yourself who are also bringing in really amazing wine to a restaurant where, you know, it is affordable, you can come, you can hang out, and you can have the option to, like, drink beer or drink wine. Like, why do you think that times are shifting and what is the advice that you have to young people who are like trying to actually learn about wine yeah um that's a great question that's a great two questions um i think the first part of it like why are people especially young people kind of more receptive to this um i don't know i I can't help but think that at least in part it's due to uh just because because there's so much information out there um, and and people I think generally whether it's food or wine or, or whatever are, are kind of uh, kind of gravitate towards uh, wine or food with a story or you know where they they know someone might actually be behind it you know like in this case like uh, Renee Moss and his family um, or you know uh, whatever else whatever uh, other sort of wine we're talking about. I don't think that's ever been a thing in the past where someone could say like, oh, you know, was, this wine was made by this guy and I've sort of, you know, like I've seen him, this is what he's all about and, you know, that sort of thing. Um, I think that is probably uh, part of it. 
I think maybe just curiosity, you know, I think the fact that like, like here at the restaurant, we never really try to do pairings or anything like that. It's never, that's why, you know, sometimes people ask me like, okay, well, what, you know, what would pair well with this or that, you know, we serve food sort of in a big kind of hodgepodge, usually all at the same time. And so I'm looking more for wines that are you know, uh, appropriate throughout the meal, you know, or not e- appropriate is even the wrong word because to me, like appropriate or a wine that works, quote unquote, is what people always say. It's sort of a matter of something being like tolerable or like, okay. Um, whereas I like to think about it more in terms of like, what do you want to drink? You know, like what's something that's actually desirable, not just something that kind of works. You know, people always say, Oh, what wine works with Thai food? You know? And, these are the wines we want to drink, you know, it's not just stuff that works. Um, and, you know, I guess another thing is sort of that maybe this is a huge, huge generalization. I, I don't want to get like, you know, d- destroyed for this, but like one of the things is that um, I guess with the older generation, there's a big emphasis on wine that's maybe, that you buy now and and stash away somewhere and it might be good in 12 years or 15 years or something a lot of the wines well all the wines actually that i bring in and a lot of the wines that i think people are excited about these days are wines that you open now and you drink now and you drink drink them fast and you drink them in in copious quantities (laughs) you know um it's it's a different approach it's a different it's a different way of it's like finally you could drink wine the way you might you know guzzle you know beer in a keg stand or something you know what i mean it's like it's not a precious thing and um nor should it be if you talk to like a lot of the guys who make these wines um they're i mean they're the most righteous uh, booze hounds I've ever met you know what I mean it's like this the weekend that I spent there the four days or so it was like the most brutal brutal drinking some <laughs> of the most brutal drinking the only time it was more brutal was when I was in uh, Georgia drinking Georgian wine with Georgian winemakers um, but uh, yeah those guys all came over to, to France too and the, I mean there there's sort of the instigators i, I don't guess. know why i'm just picturing like a bunch of like men that look like gerard depardieu just shirtless and throwing yeah. their t-shirts yeah. in a circle waving it around like it is a lot singing. of that yeah it's it's <laughs> so insane and i just sort of like showing up i like i like looking around that room and seeing all these killer farmers essentially producers the best the best of the, of the bunch and, and looking around and then and then seeing me there, you know, just like Thai kid from L.A. who somehow fell into this, you know. Um, that's sort of the exciting part for me and just sort of being there and drinking. I don't know. So thinking about your family and, like, the background and the genesis of this restaurant, you know, what do your parents think about you getting into wine and really, like, you have said in the past, like, this is almost like a wine bar disguised as, like, a Thai yeah, restaurant. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
man, I, I said that because, and I still kind of believe it, you know, is because when I opened um, the first night market uh, in 2010, we had more, I think, more wines than we did menu items. I think we had eight things on the menu, maybe, and maybe like 18 or 20 wines. And so I thought of it sort of as a drinking place, not necessarily as like a, a Thai restaurant, you know. Um, eventually that sort of changed and that we just we put more and more stuff on the menu and the wine stayed about you know we usually have like 20 to 25 wines at a time that we rotate um but i don't know my parents are all for it you know i think probably as they get older too they're they're all for uh drinking stuff that's a little sort of livelier and makes them feel good and uplifted you know rather than stuff that sort of weighs weighs them down you know Again, I think there's probably a time and place for all these things. You know, I'm not. I think people should drink whatever they want. You know, we, I'm always sort of adamant that like, as much as we like to work with these wines, and as much as I like to drink these wines, and I, I go out there and sort of spend time out there. Um, this isn't. I'm not doing it uh, with any sort of like adherence to dogma, or like I'm not doing it to be like a proponent of natural wine or any of that. I'm doing it because it's great. It's great stuff, and I love to drink it, you know? We we pour it alongside, you know, uh, pretty industrial beers because I love to drink those too, you know, whether it's like Miller High Life or, or uh, you know, the Thai beers and, you know, um, whatever it is, you know. It's like we're just sort of... Uh, cooking and, and, and pouring what we want to eat and drink so yeah my parents my parents love it they're all for it um, we, we just want to be a venue for like I pour wines that honestly like aren't even appropriate for the food there are a couple wines that we have on the list that aren't wines that I, I think of when I think of my food but they're wines that I want to, to feature and to sort of be a venue for because otherwise they wouldn't be around like they wouldn't be anywhere in LA like we have a bunch of wines like that and you know if we could be a spot where I always tell people like I, I fantasize that one day someone's gonna come in and like order a bottle of wine and drink it and just leave and not even <laughs> not even have food but it still hasn't has not happened in like the five five and a half years that we've been open but I hope that one day someone just like comes in and sees enough pleasure in like just having wine that they'll just have wine and like leave you know um but yeah we'll see we'll see if it ever happens i don't know it's an interesting restaurant but yeah you know owner. someone i mean if anybody's listening to this and wants to do that you know you should <laughs> yeah and if i'm here i'll i'll pour you a bunch of stuff for free also <laughs> That was my conversation with Chris Yemenroom. Thanks so much to Chris for coming on the show. And if you're in LA, head over to Night Market and order the Startled Pig. You won't regret it. On the next episode from our LA series of Munchies, the podcast. I just realized I was, I'm Asian, but I'm still, I was still like the guy that had to be the non-white person in many, many, many rooms. And I was just like, I can fucking just answer these questions for people. <laughs> I'm hanging out with Andrew T of the blog and podcast, Yo, Is This Racist? to discuss cultural appropriation in food. 
So until then, get all of our delicious Munchies content at munchies.tv. Peep us at Munchies on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook too. I'm Helen Holliman. I'll talk to y'all in two weeks. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.